Hello, and welcome to Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. I'm Anthony Casella. I'm Donnie Hatfield-Smith. And I'm Quentin Lamar. Oh my gosh, we're almost done with this year, which doesn't mean next year will be any better, but it means we're almost done with this one. Um, <laughs> if you have not listened yet, please go check out our uh, 2021 Housewives Wishes. It's our bonus episode where we go coast to coast uh, safely to discuss what we would like to see in the cities in the Real Housewives world. Um, but while we're on the topic of 2021 in our world, non-Housewives related, is there anything I am wondering, Donnie or Quinn, that you would like to see for yourselves in 2021? that you would like to see nationally, globally, universally? What do we want? Personally, I'd like to see myself outside. Um, <laughs> Good call. Maybe, maybe like, you know, I don't know, close to somebody that I can, like, talk to that I'm not married to. That would be nice. Um, I even miss bad breath at this point. I mean, something. <laughs> I can give that something. to you. You just have to ask. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, and nationally, I guess I want us to move past this whole uh, Trump presidency, which probably won't happen. But I would like us to move forward in a different way nationally. I would like to see that. I guess that's about it. Those are those are good wishes. <laughs> yeah. Donnie, what about you? I was working for a job that I didn't particularly love before quarantine. Um, so I would like in 2021 to not return there and maybe find a job that instead of filling someone else's bank account, if I could just like, you know, fill my own, that would be nice. And it would be nice if the nation united for one cause, even if it's aliens that brings us together. I'm not picky. I just want us to unite as one. <laughs> no, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And I hope your, um, your current employer isn't listening. Um, for myself, I think I would like to uh, dive more into artistic endeavors. I mean, I've, I've been kind of better with it as the year has been ending, but as we get into the new one, just more writing, more uh, creative projects, um, not to get too meta, but this podcast has been a good kind of, I don't know, weight room for me to work out muscles that I <laughs> haven't had to kind of use before. It's been interesting kind of learning and adapting I totally Something. agree. And to see, like, we have so many listeners that really just took us and welcomed us and just really enjoy what we're putting out there for them. When we started this, I didn't know, you know, how it would be received. So to have people that do listen every week and reach out to us and tell us that they like it and stuff, it makes me feel like untouchable almost. Like, oh, if we can do that, what's next? What's next? <laughs> Sky's the limit. Yeah. No, yeah, I guess yeah, so, 100%. yeah. 100%. <laughs> you can work on those skills like talking. Yeah, hey, conversations are a skill. And a conversation with this many people about housewives is like a ball that you're bouncing, <laughs> that you're bouncing back and forth. Is that sports? You know what I mean. It's like a team effort of like, okay, here you go. It is a big undertaking. It's been it's been real. I know. I, I feel like this gave me enough experience. I'm ready to take Wendy's job at MSNBC now. <laughs> <laughs> I only no, have please. one degree, but please let her keep it. Maybe she'll go back to it. Please. 
Oh God, our last show of 2020. I have a tear in my eye. And uh, speaking of of tears, let's let's go over to some news items. Oh, Donnie, nice. what's happening this week? A lot so, in my heart, anyway. So Monique announced immediately after the potomac reunion that she would and she didn't use these words so there are some people still you know hoping for the best or the worst depending on who it is speaking but monique said everything but she wasn't coming back so she said she's sick of reality tv her family needs to be top priority she started housewives to go against the grain in terms of stereotypes for Black women and Black families, and she doesn't get that anymore, and she thanked Bravo for her time. So she didn't use the words, I'm not coming back, but let's use some context clues, she's not coming back. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this this feels like, this, this felt like a big loss to me, and it also kind of felt, I don't know if we have any uh, Big Brother fans listening, but do you remember... Do you remember during seasons where there were like two teams and the house was just split and there was like the good team and the bad team and there would be like that live episode, (laughs) go with me here, when not only did a good person leave, but then a bad person got control power. That's kind of what it felt like. It kind of felt like, fuck. I agree. uh, You know what I mean? So the 2016 election again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Personally, I understand why Monique is leaving, and I think it's best for her family and her own mental health. Um, But in terms of the show, Karen is kind of the only one I'm rooting for, and they're just, the numbers aren't looking good for her. (laughs) I'm rooting for Ashley as well. I mean, I'm not happy that Monique is leaving, but... I think it's probably for the best between, you know, that this happens before her and Chris can catch a case. I'm sorry, another case. (laughs) Because they are definitely not people that you want to fuck around with. And I think that this it's probably better for them to, you know, take a breath. Because I'm looking at it like, you know, maybe she'll come back. Like, you know, she could be gone for a little while and some cash shakeups can happen. And then she might come back in a season or two. Right. I'm thinking that may happen. But we I think we all pretty much figure that we didn't want to that she was gonna leave yeah it's not really shocking no it's not shocking the only thing i'm just not excited going into next season now it's like a a dread almost um the only the only reason i'm excited is because i know that this means that somebody's gonna have a target on them and if it's karen if it's karen i know she can handle it and if it's not karen i'm happy with it being anybody else (laughs) so I'm hoping that they yeah. bring in somebody else that doesn't give a fuck and will go after the core four. Basically, I want Amorosa to join the cast and come for Giselle's throat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really I, the that's only like, thing that'll That's like using dynamite to turn off a light switch. <laughs> that is, <laughs> she will implode the show. Like she, Monique brought the binder. Amorosa is the binder. <laughs> I, it's tough. I don't want to see Monique go, but I understand why it's the best for her. Um, And I also can't blame her, but I think that gets a little, we'll get to that. That gets a little more into, I think maybe the episode or the reunion as a whole, which I want to fucking unpack. (laughs) Um, 
but I can't blame her. I will, I will miss her. Um, I, it's hard to feel like an original cast member on a show where you weren't. And for me, I mean, even though she started in season two, Monique felt like an OG to me. I agree. That's because she was there for the building of Potomac's brand. Like she, yeah, yeah, they were nothing before <laughs> we didn't know them until we knew her. I have four homes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, she also has, besides four homes, she has a music video that dropped this week to her song <sighs> "Drag Queens." Um, and I will say, I was there for the premiere on YouTube. She was in the chat box talking to us. <laughs> um, it was an event. <laughs> But I will say my thoughts on it. The video looked cheap, but in terms of like her stylist and her hair and even the song itself, subject material aside, we can talk about if that is appropriate, whatever. But if if we didn't have the backstory and it was just a song, I think that if she chose to pursue a music career, she could show Giselle and company that she is the strongest of the show. I agree. And she doesn't need that check. (laughs) It kind of looked like it was on TikTok, but (laughs) I feel like there was some decisions that had to be made. Like it was like, you know, we're going to pay. Do we want a really good beat and good fashion and style? Or do we want like a really like, you know, polished looking video? And they decided to, you know, lay the video quality a little bit to the side. But I don't think it took anything away from the enjoyability of the of the video. But I agree. And I do think it's a good song. It's one of the strongest songs I think to come out of the uh, what do you call it? the the housewives uh, factory or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. But and you, like I said, I've said before, like it's a shame that her and Candace actually wouldn't be able to collaborate because it would have been fire. Because they're like, I mean, yeah. I don't like Candace's song, but that's just because you know my mother loves it. My mother. Loves it. <laughs> yeah, Other if Candace that, would have sang the hook of Drag Queens, we would have something special here. It would have been epic. It would have been <laughs> epic and probably, a more, you know, the video probably would have looked better. But yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, I don't know what heals a heart, but it it might have been a duet with Monique. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have not heard the song, nor oh. have I seen the video, so I shouldn't even be speaking. You shouldn't. Um, In fact, shut up. I don't know if. I don't know if the look, if I like the look of the song for Monique based on the fight. But I, right. I, again, I haven't listened to the song. So I, that's just me kind of. That's it. You just heard the quote, which you basically heard the song during the reunion. But <laughs> I feel like this is also something that will come up later in the discussion. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll put a pin in that for Perfect. later. Perfect. So something else she has besides the music video, she doesn't have it. Well, she has it. She just didn't do anything with it. During her Instagram live, she also said she has an OnlyFans currently where like, in much like Sonya's is going to be. True. Much like Sonya's is going to be a way just for fans to get exclusive content that you have to pay for. So on this, she was saying that she has to speak to her legal team, but she's willing to do readings of the rest of her binder on her OnlyFans. So sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up, too. I I need more of that binder. I know. Yeah, we didn't see it enough. We, we did not see it enough. I, I would pay. I would sign up for that. Monique said, you don't want to see what's in this binder. I do want to see what's <laughs> in that binder. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would like do. to. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's it for Monique. I have one more thing I want to discuss. It's not as exciting as an OnlyFans. Deandra from Dallas. It was revealed today that she is currently in the ICU with COVID. So there's not much to unpack here. I just wish the best for her and a speedy recovery. Same. Get well soon, Deandra. Yeah. That was my that was my girl for that one season of Dallas. Yeah, season really two liked was a strong one for her. It was a good season. It, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it next week recovery. when it premieres. Get healthy. We need you looking like Elvira. <laughs> she she looks great in the next in this new season. Like they all look really good. They do. So, looking forward to it. So that's it for current event. Let's bring out our guest this week, uh, the creator and writer of So Let's Talk About, uh, Rafi D'Angelo. Hello, Rafi. Hi, fans. Uh, <laughs> are, are, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, are we your fans? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, are you only I fans? Mean, well, I am the Karen Huger of New York, so everyone are my fans. Oh, okay, oh. we weren't aware. The grand dame. <laughs> The grand dame of what Harlem? Um, <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tell us about. So let's talk about. Um, for a long time, it was just a political and news website. Lots of op eds about what's going on in the world and trying to break down topics in the government for people. But I got tired of that during the Trump administration. <laughs> and it made me a little depressed. So now it's mostly like uh, a little pop culture, a little what's going on in my life. If you checked it right now, the most popular post is about some messy gay white circuit queen drama. Mm. So, <laughs> so it's a little, it's a little bit something of for everybody. <laughs> something for everybody. I did read that post this morning and it's, it's quite, it's quite the journey. I would recommend it. And you could find that on, uh, so let's talk about.com. Rafi, tell us about your journey with housewives. How did you get, how did you get into it and what drew you into this world? So you asked me that earlier and I was trying to think about when I first started watching housewives and I started watching housewives when I heard that candy was going to be on housewives. <laughs> Because I grew up being an Escape fan, and I wanted to see what she was like in real life. <laughs> so I started watching Housewives for Atlanta season two. Mm-hmm. Is that when she came on? And then I went back and watched the early OC. And then I guess I've just been watching them since. Yeah, because it kind of took the place of soap operas for me. <laughs> like Housewives started to rise when Housewives, I mean, when um, soap operas started being canceled. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of like my new... I, I never thought of that correlation. I guess that is true. <laughs> you know, also, like, I don't run across... You know, I don't run across that many, like, hardcore escape fans that, you know, watch... <laughs> I mean, no, no, he just made a face. Don't get me wrong I really now. did. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not discounting escape, but we both Black people here now. We know that escape is... You know, it's a few levels behind other girl groups, such as TLC, Destiny's yes. Child... So it's like you know. But also, you also let's let's be clear. Escape never had a flop album. Like their third album, they had two top singles from it, triple platinum, and then mm-hmm. they quit. So like they was like it, they never had a flop era. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. Unlike SWV, I'll give you that. Exactly. You that. Or TLC, you know. Or so. TLC or Black or well, <laughs> but we don't have to. But then also you know, with with Candy. 
I still knew her after Escape, you know, because she was writing music. See, I didn't. So, like, I didn't see her again until she... I didn't really follow Escape. Okay. I like, I like, you know, there are, I do like some of the songs, but I didn't really follow them. So then like when Housewives came, I was like, who is she? So then I had to like figure out, I was like, oh, that's the girl from Escape. You should dress like a boy. So now. They all I'm used like, to dress like a boy. I know, but that was, I'm just saying. It's over TLC. But anyway. Um, right. It was Atlanta. So I was like, <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay. Um, so I, I checked, but I, I get it, but. Yeah, I didn't follow because of that, but that's cool. Like, I've never heard anybody say, like, I started watching for candy. I get it. Yeah, so shout out to Xscape for giving Housewives another viewer. There's probably seven of us. I'm going to listen to them on Spotify tonight. Do that. They need streams. <laughs> Is Atlanta your favorite? Atlanta was my favorite for a very long time. Then Potomac happened. Potomac might be my favorite now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Potomac is kind of the pinnacle of reality TV, like what reality TV has been working towards for the past 30 years since the real world is like, Mm -hmm. this is where we were coming because they self-produce is this heightened reality. So I think this is where reality TV was leading and Potomac does it better than anybody else does. Cause you know, Potomac is the only housewives cast where you have like four original housewives who've made it five seasons. Right. That's very true. And a bird with a confessional. (laughs) I mean, I mean, there have been some birds with confessionals. We did have Claudia Jordan. (laughs) 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 I like you, Rafi. I like you just fine. Let's get into the first city we're going to talk about uh, tonight. The first of two. Atlanta was off for a reason I still can't quite discern. Um, But we did have uh, Cynthia ate the cast. (laughs) <laughs> she rampaged and they could not <gasps> film oh that okay that was an angry joke not a okay <laughs> oh no not because <laughs> I, I was like we need to do heavy editing or you'll get canceled i, I thought you were thinking i i was thinking the same as you don i'm going on record as saying that cynthia looks even more gorgeous now with that okay. body than for like no i'm not saying that <laughs> Quinn, I, mean, I believe you referred to the entire cast as thickums left. They week. are they all thick and they all look good. I will stand by that. I will down that. Uh. They can all stand to gain another 10 pounds and still be fine. <laughs> they do look good. I uh, let's talk about Salt Lake City. I would like to continue discussing uh Fashion Week, the fashion show <laughs> in Salt Lake City. Aside from Meredith looking like an extra from American Horror Story Coven, <laughs> I want to talk about Brooks Marks some more. What a name what for we... a fashion line. It's a great it's... one. Double yeah, care. <laughs> it's like she knew he'd be a fashion designer and gay. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you can tell, Rafi. We're not Brooks fans. What do you think? Well, I, I just think it's weird to have a fashion show with one fashion. Right. <laughs> but it's better than a fashion no, not, show with no, no fashion. <laughs> I want Dwight sitting front row at the next one and say, how dreadful. <laughs> a fashion show with one fashion. That's what I want. Like, it's crazy. Like, he had a whole show. It's not even a good fashion. It's not. It's not a good jumpsuit. I mean, uh, imagine that somebody who's really young with no experience and got there through nepotism was not able to rise to the occasion. I'm shocked. But at least he knows how he got there. I did like that one moment where he said, you know, oh, yeah, I know how I got the opportunity. It was through my mom. Yeah. Like that was the one time I was like, all right, 
That's the one moment I did like him. The one moment. And I was so hoping for Brooks to be like, great. I was rooting for Brooks up until a point. I was going, I was going to write a blog about um, like the queer kids on Real Housewives. Mm -hmm. Because we're in this moment where these queer kids can be openly queer on television. Like which Noelle. Is amazing. Like Noelle kicked it off. And then uh not Riley, right? The OC, Riley. I think. Not Riley. And then okay. um no, we got, you know, like an openly gay yeah. kid giving the sassy one-liners because he grew up on Housewives and took a semester off college so he could be on TV with his mom. So <laughs> like I think yeah. this is a great moment, but I just don't like him. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of went in with low expectations. I, I didn't really care if he failed or not. You know, good for him. Like I said, you know, I I have nothing against Brooks. Um, He reads very (laughs) freshman year college boyfriend for me. But you learn that, you know. more about you than him. It does. (laughs) You know what? I've grown. I've grown. (laughs) I've grown. So, yeah, I have nothing against him. I think he just takes up too much screen time. Like, I would actually rather see more of his mom than him. Agree, and he's just taking up too much space. And I think um, Bravo wanted him to be something that he's not going to be. Like, there's no reason for a child in the first season to have their own confessional. No, but what and did I they think, think they were getting though? I, that's what I don't understand. Like, what know, now? One house, some tweaky gay editor was watching this. Was like, oh, I love him. Let's <laughs> put him on. He's great. I mean, because one of the housewives, their son is like a drag queen, right? Yeah, and the um, OC. Yeah. He also got a confessional. So, so, yeah, like that's maybe that makes sense. You know, yeah, his made sense because his story is part of his mom's story because his mom is like, well, it's Bronwyn, right? Who has mm-hmm. come out as a lesbian. And she's like, I can be more myself now looking at my son being himself. Yeah. Like he's giving me yeah. the strength to like stand in my truth. So that makes sense. Meredith is looking at Brooks to give her the strength to what? Wear Cherokee activewear? Like, I don't even know. (laughs) Meredith is looking to Brooks to give her permission to do anything. Because I don't think Meredith makes a move without Brooks's say-so. Yeah, we spoke on it before. I think um, Brooks is just there to fill the spot that a husband should be filling in terms of, like, a storyline. Not in her heart or anything, but most of these women have husbands that they can fight about housework with, but it's Brooks and her for this. Well, then where's Jen's Brooks? Because Jen doesn't have a husband to do that with. She has her 20 where's little Heather's Brooks? peeps. The squad. Yeah, the Shaw squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt bad last week for, his name is escaping me, Meredith's husband. Seth? Um, yes. Yes, <laughs> Seth. A friend of the pod. I- <laughs> I felt bad for Seth last week and I continue to feel bad for him this week. Seth is supposed to cancel meetings, not go to work, not do anything for his career in Ohio where I don't want to live in Ohio either, to be (laughs) fair. Um, Sorry to, sorry to any Ohio listeners. (laughs) Who cares about them? Fuck them. I'm from Michigan. I'm obligated to hate them. It was just odd how Brooks was like, why can't he cancel everything and come support me? You were on stage for seven seconds. You had one look. Right. Am I lost? If maybe it was I'm a, lost. <laughs> if it was a full fashion line, I'd say maybe he has the leg to stand on. But right now he's just a Viva, honey. 
No lag. Get it? <laughs> I don't think you can say that, but I'm laughing that you did. I felt bad for him. And I felt like the show was using him to make him a bad guy. But I don't know if I consider like adult men who are working to provide for their families and can't go to all of their children's events bad men. No, I don't. I'm not the same. Like my parents were at everything. Mm-hmm. Like they took off work to come see me do anything. Like I was the narrator <laughs> in a, a play about the 50 states when I was in third grade and my dad took off work to come see me just read about the states for two <laughs> minutes. So I think if your child is doing something that's very important to him and we don't know how important fashion is to Brooks, we know he's not good at it, but we don't <laughs> know how important it is to him. So if it's like my child is doing this huge thing that's very important to him on this huge stage, you should be there to support him. Like, Does it matter that he's 21 like, and he's not no. like a kid? Mm-mm. Because that's your child. And also, they didn't schedule the fashion show the day before. This has been on the calendar. You could have moved that. St- whatever you had to do that kept you from there, you could have moved it around in the time that you knew that he was going to be doing it. I see your point, but for me, one parent was there, so... For a 21-year-old, I think it's okay. (laughs) But, like, if he was, like, 10, I'd be like, no, you should be there for that. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, also, I don't think he's the bad guy for working. I mean, nobody can tell Meredith and Lisa apart. Maybe they should just switch husbands, and then Lisa and him can just work all the damn time. (laughs) That could work. I see both sides. While we are talking about parenting, uh, no one on this podcast today is a mother, but that won't stop us from criticizing um, (laughs) mothering techniques. I would like to, we we have them. We do. Yeah. We have experience to draw on, (laughs) draw from. I would like to talk about what I thought was an interesting juxtaposition this episode between Heather, Queen Heather, my (laughs) favorite, basically sitting her daughters down to uh, not necessarily admit to mistakes, but talk about kind of like rebuilding yourself after, after choices didn't work out and kind of acknowledging imperfections and living in a world and a culture that sees you as less than uh, cut with, in a sense, within the same episode, Lisa, who from what we know of her mothering, and this is not a judgment, these are just facts. Uh, No home cooking. I will say no quality time, but I'm really kind of like maybe reaching a little bit based off of her uh, not wanting to do any kind of game nights, but seems very, at least on camera, driven by, and the words behind her children's beds, um, goals and setting bars for yourself, things to achieve. Which is great, but I kind of just wanted to ask your thoughts on, A, everything I just mentioned, but specifically those parenting techniques and uh, what we think of them and what maybe a little bit about what the editors were trying to kind of get across to us by including kind of those conversations with those children on behalf of both Heather and Lisa separately in one episode. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't think either one of their parenting styles is wrong. Like you have those parents who drive their kids to be super high achievers. 
and that's not, you know, a terrible thing if you do it with consistency and love and support. And then you have parents who have open communication with their kids and and they tell their kids about what they are going through instead of just being an open door for their children to talk to them. It's like the door is open both ways. Let me tell you about my life. You know, little TLC, life after arranged marriage, Mormonism special. And I think it was just showing just two different parenting styles. I do think that Lisa isn't the greatest mom, but not because she is goal driven and not because she is focused with her whiteboard and doesn't want to do jigsaw puzzles. It's just kind of, she likes Sundance more than her children. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Heather, I think that parent style is very indicative of somebody who's a single parent. I think if you have both parents in the home, it's not really likely that your parent will open up to you and, you know, talk about what they're going through. That's kind of like what your parents do together. At least that's the way my parents were. So it makes sense to me that Heather would have that relationship with her children. And I like that for them. I feel that what Lisa is doing is possibly making her children feel like what they achieve is a way of, I don't know, giving them value. They may equate that. That means that if they achieve more, they have more value to her. And that's a very dangerous road to go down. Um, There's nothing wrong with having goals. I don't think that should be fun. You know, like that shouldn't have been like a game night activity, but I, you know, I, like I said, I don't think it's a bad, I don't think she's a bad parent. I agree. I don't think she's a bad parent because of it, but I do think it's something that she might want to ease off a little bit with them and let them kind of like, you know, see her as a person and not some like supervisor, I guess. Right. As long as it's balanced and we are really only seeing one side of the, the coin. You know, mm-hmm. like we're just seeing what the editors are showing us during Sundance, the busiest time, you know, of her year. She could be a completely different mom 11 months out of the year where True. she's still task driven and goal oriented, but a human who is there to be comforting and mothering and who will actually pick up the phone with her children call. And she seems loving. Like she takes her children to multiple drive throughs You don't do that unless you love your kids. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that. That is the most unrealistic thing that I've seen on Salt Lake City so far. You That's love. What you get something from where we are. Period. Uh-huh. We don't go. No, see, else. I wouldn't do that. I would go somewhere else because I was always the kid. My siblings wanted something. I wanted something else. I would do that. I would go somewhere else. Yeah, but your parents didn't do that. Yeah, because they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked Lisa's goal night as long as, like, it was already touched on. It's that's not all we're doing for these kids. And I do think it is a big editing thing. And I'm sure they do have, you know, just family bonding nights because you can tell in these scenes that there is a bond there. And it's not so Quinn, you said like a supervisor, like when she was teaching the son how to drive, there was still that like love between a parent and her children and even in the drive-through there was still that like family bond and looseness even the goal night the goals they were writing weren't all like I want to make this much money or I want this to be my company they were I want to have triplets I want to have a girlfriend all that kind of stuff so there does need to be both but I had no problem with her night of goals or whatever it was called right they look like they like her yeah 
you know, and sometimes you get these uh, kids and you can tell like, oh, they hate their mother, but they Grace. look like they like each other. So, yeah, that's fine. I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. Night of a thousand goals. Um, <laughs> I will also say um, both both Lisa's and uh, Heather's children. I actually like all of them and it's rare that Me I too. like it's rare that I like kids on these shows. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, sometimes they're either like complete brats or they're like irritatingly cutesy yeah. or something. I don't know. Um, and in both cases, uh, I, I find myself really liking them, which is rare. So yeah, I guess to put a I nice agree. little mothering button on this, they're both doing something right. You're right. Put a button on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now let's end with uh, someone that I continue to find a tough nut to crack Uh oh! and that's miss jen shaw rafi i've been on this podcast tough on jen and in this last episode she proved why i don't feel as though my feelings are wrong first i will say i thought i loved loved that she was open and honest about uh her mental health and her battles with uh, depression and anxiety, I believe she said. And that is the gen I want to see. I Even the confessionals, I got a more honest and open and real gen talking about real things. And I know it's a separate part of the conversation, but I'll just end it by saying she had to ruin it for me for telling that story about being with Meredith and that man she was with, and she just had no reason to talk about it. If there weren't cameras attached, I would be a hundred percent on board with you. If we, if you cry to me and then go behind my back and tell my secrets, then I have an issue with you. But in terms of a housewife, this is what we all want. We talk about how Rinna only stirs and doesn't open up. We talk about how Giselle only stirs, doesn't open up. I feel like Jen is stirring and opening up. So to me, it's a perfect combination. Yeah, I agree. Thank God she brought something out that's worth arguing over. If <laughs> Meredith confessed her about this, this is something to be mad at. This isn't hospital smell. This isn't that grandpa mf stuff. <laughs> this is a reason to get into an issue with somebody at a brunch. So it's messy. Yeah, I think this could leave right. us in a really good... Because I think we only have three episodes and then the reunion left. So depending on how fast we get through this material... I definitely think it'll put us in a good place in terms of drama for season two. I hear everything when I like stirring, when it's stirring stuff that has been, what I find difficult is when there are things that like, don't really have a lot to do with what's happening on the show, but then someone just like brings it in and also, the reason I think Jen is bringing it in is because she's still mad about a sleepover. Mm. Like, it's messier than if Rinna goes to brunch with someone and they gossip about cast member X on camera, that brunch is on camera. So it is messy and fun when Rinna then goes to cast member X and says, I just went to brunch to this per- with this person and they were talking about you because we all know intellectually that that will end up on the show anyway. This kind of thing just felt like not fair game to me, but that's just, that's just me. Well, I feel like, I don't know if it's the producers, but I feel like it's kind of been alluded to that before this, 
that Meredith may be doing something with somebody else with her, like, you know, not using, you know, letting him see her phone and all these other things they've been going through. I think everybody kind of, you know, like, okay, she might be with somebody else and doesn't want to be with him. I get that because it happened off camera. I know you hate when things happen off camera and we don't see it. I do. I do. So I think that could be it. I can see both sides. I can see where it's being messy and she didn't have to do it. But then, you know, I can see how it could benefit the show. Rafi, what do you think? Um, I think that I don't tune into Housewives to see six women getting along and playing nice with each other. Like Jen was hired to do this. You know, like when you do the casting and you see someone who has the propensity to spill some mess, you want that person on the show. Right. Like she wasn't hired to be on the show to, you know, play nice and keep everybody's confidences clearly. It's like, oh, this is a woman who is over the top, overly emotional, <laughs> can't keep a secret, perfect housewife messer. <laughs> so good. She's doing her job. She is earning her paycheck. That's what I came to see. And being vulnerable, unlike yeah. Giselle and some others. So, yeah. Okay. This might be something that I have to learn to deal with. Um, and I will take that time to deal with that. Um, but in the meantime, we will move over to Potomac. Now, I don't say this lightly. I don't truly get irritated and wound up watching these shows. And I have not come to a recording of this podcast wound up or angry. I found the third part of the reunion to be infuriating. And I felt that's right. Infuriating Rafi. And I (laughs) found the reunion as a whole to be frustrating and unsatisfying. And if it is, if it was a movie I paid for, I would try and get my money back on the way out. (laughs) I I don't know what to fight. Yeah, it really did. I don't even know if I know where to start. But let me let's let's start here. Did it take Monique too long to apologize? Yes. <sighs> like 1000%. And she took the apology back immediately. She was like she said um nothing you did warranted what I did to you. 5 minutes later, you run your mouth so much and that's why I did it. So like stop, like, you're both right. Um <laughs> both of those things are true. <laughs> right. If she did take too long to apologize, she was, she had her reasons for doing it. I do. I mean, a year, I mean, but, you know, think about it. You know, if, if, if let's say I whoop your ass, Anthony, let's just say, you know, and then you get litigious before I can apologize to you, you get litigious. Now I would still apologize to you. You know, like I, I know that, you know, once you get the courts involved and you admit that you're wrong, then it kind of becomes a problem. I've always thought that may be why she didn't admit that she was wrong because, you know, when she would admit fault, you know. But that's what Candace you know, was saying in this episode. She said it's been out of court since last November, which right. is the month that it happened. So it's been out a year and a month and you still, even if that was the reason originally, right. you've had a year now. But I'm not finished though. Wait, wait, wait. So, I just needed to make that point. <laughs> You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So then, like, that happens. So then it's out of court. But, like, keep in mind, then there's all this back and forth on Twitter. There's all this nastiness and bad blood and all this stuff. I think that that's the reason why she didn't apologize right away. It didn't make her right. She completely surrendered the high road or even any semblance of that. 
because she didn't do the stand-up thing and apologize when she should have. But I feel like for Candace to bring it up like she didn't understand why, I mean, I think Candace is easily probably the hardest person to apologize to on earth. Like, you don't want to apologize to her. So it's like, you didn't make it easy for her to apologize. So, like, both of those things are true. She waited too long, but I see how that happened. I agree. And I feel like I, this whole time we've talked about Candace and Monique's fight, I always feel like I talk about when you and I fight, Quinn. Not physical, (laughs) just, like, verbally. If I, like, come back to apologize and Quinn doesn't, accept it then it makes me mad again like i had time to cool down i came to apologize and now you're still being rude then it makes me angry again so it's not that's not the right way to act obviously but i do understand why monique did not apologize i feel like anytime she might have felt was the time to then candace was acting up yeah i agree it definitely it definitely took monique too long to just flat out say what I did was wrong. And there's not a but, that's a period. Mm-hmm. Transitioning to a separate thought, I am not a Monique apologist, and I really have tried to be very fair about what I think as things bubble up with the kind of caveat that I don't like Candace and I like Monique. Right. And But within that, to have tried to be fair. It felt to me... Throughout the reunion, but mostly on this episode, it was like italicized, underlined, bolded. I just felt like Monique couldn't do anything right and Candace could do no wrong. And it almost kind of started at the top, the top being Andy. And then 75% of the women would follow suit. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like anyone who would have disagreed, Karen and Ashley, just weren't piping up or weren't defending her in a way and it's it just kind of felt like andy had no patience for anything monique say or would give it no life but wouldn't ask the next tough question to candace based on an answer Mm -hmm. You're, you're horrible on twitter thank you the end there's no well why is she horrible she gets to say thank i mean i know this didn't happen last night but she gets to say thank you and that's it. I, I, I don't know. What is, what am I alone here? What did everyone think? No, I totally agree. And the internet agrees with you too. A lot of people are dragging Andy for the way that he ran this reunion. It was very clear that he was biased. And I think more than that, no, not more than that. It's just, I've seen it before sometimes in reunions, but this was the worst he's ever been, I think. It's clear he has his favorites and who he hangs out with or whatever. And it it showed. Yeah, I think it was also compounded by the fact that Monique wouldn't like kiss the ring. Like the fact that Monique doesn't need the paycheck seems to gall him a little bit. And I don't understand that. I He seems to want his housewives to depend on him. And if they don't need it and, you know, I feel like he he almost like kind of lashes out at them over it. Like, sure, Monique is that Black woman at the job that's like, I don't need this paycheck. My man got a job. Okay, we get that that's the kind of woman Monique is. But for you to say, like, you know, oh, he's not making that money anymore. Like, come on now. He has four homes, a country home. Chris is doing fine. He's clearly doing okay. So for you to make it seem like he doesn't have any money now just because you want her to be beholden to you, it's not a good look. I I didn't think it was a good look as a white man for him to even do that. And then even when he talked about her song, yes, it was wrong of her to write the song and like the lyrics are a little, you're not apologizing, whatever. But he said, oh, you're a recording artist now? He didn't say that to Ashley or Candace. 
No. And that was terribly dismissive. We knew that Monique wrapped coming on to the yeah. show. Um, I don't believe, I don't, I don't remember timelines of anything. I'm sure Luann got in the studio after her arrest. He never asked her if she was working through her issues through creativity. Right. It, it, yeah. It just, it wasn't the luck and he wasn't, I don't feel not that there's an alternative that we have currently. I don't feel he was the right person to lead this reunion for many variables. A, because he's a white man. B, I don't think he's invested. There's too much nuance. There was too much nuance in this season with this fight. And aside from maybe watching the first cut of episodes, I don't get the impression that he knew enough about a lot of things to really know what to ask. I think it's just very simple. Andy doesn't like Monique. The end. <laughs> like, like I don't. I don't think it's a a whole lot of extra to delve into, other than I don't like you. I think you are at fault. I am your boss, and you are disrespecting me. And the end. Like I not going to be nice to you. I think he just showed his bias because he doesn't like her. And I also think that he just started not to like her. Mm -hmm. I I think he did a 180 like a lot of people. Monique was probably my favorite in the cast for a long time. And I can't stand her. Mm. This season, I totally flipped on her. She is not the Monique that I thought she was the rest, the beginning of the show. And I could see that QAnon part of her that picks up conspiracy theories on the internet so well, that was the paranoia that made her so paranoid about any of these things showing up in the show. And she Mm -hmm. can't see outside of that. And she and Chris are just in a paranoid bubble together, eating conspiracy theories. And that personality type that opens you up to political conspiracy theories also makes you vulnerable to thinking that everybody is always plotting against you. I see that. Let's let's transition. I feel like that's a good transition to the uh, baby shower, not Chris's baby plot. Was this a real plot? Were Chris and Monique overreacting? What's... (laughs) They overreacted because like Andy pointed out, it was not in the show. Giselle was messy, but... It wasn't in the show. And I get what they're saying. If they're mad at just everybody for the intention of even thinking of bringing it up, that's an overreaction to what actually happened because Giselle was the only one who actually mentioned or made mention on the show. And then when he brought it into the show, when they played the, the clip that didn't air where he mentioned it before that vindicated Giselle, which I hated to see because I hate Giselle, but <laughs> right is right and wrong is wrong. So that made it that's where we get into the conspiracy theory part of monique which i hate to admit but it is there and i mean i i guess it's good that we can see some black QAnon people because so far we haven't seen a lot of them in the media but here we go representation but there it matters was, I, I can i can understand not wanting that rumor to get out i can understand you know the nerve of you to start something like that to say this isn't my child all of that was warranted got it but it when it didn't air and they were acting like it did, that's when they lost me in their argument. And I'm like, I still love Monique. I'm happy 
that's why I'm not as upset as some people that she's leaving, because I do think that there's something going on there. And this is and if this is where this is going to take you, like I said, they need to go before they catch a case. Another case, because it seems like they'll go there. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I feel like I thought differently about this. I my first thought was, yes, that baby plot was not on the show. But I my first thought was, does it need to be on the show for them to be upset about it? No, no. But their reaction is like it is. And from what I can tell, they do these shows like improv. It's a lot of yes ending. So if you put that up there, then I'm going to go with that. And if it catches on, then that's your storyline. That's that's how I, I it appears that they do this show. So when he opened and did that, that opened just out of yes and. Yeah, Who but- else would he look like? See, I thought that was, okay, uh, maybe I'm naive. If you didn't know about this baby plot and you were being introduced to a newborn baby or not a newborn baby, a, a baby and the dad, or it's the first time Giselle, I don't know. And the dad's like, doesn't he look like his daddy? I thought that was like a normal thing that like. It's not the way, way he said it. It's yeah, the way not the he way said he it. it. Yeah. Because, well, more than one thing could be true. There could be conversation about the baby and the plot and all of that, which there was. We know there was. And you can overreact to the existence of it. So they're not wrong that there was conversation happening about it, but they were paranoid that all these women were planning to use it to take her down. They were just talking about it the way that they talk about all kinds of stuff that makes its way to them from the outside world. And sometimes it shows up on TV and sometimes it doesn't. And the only time that this sort of made its way on TV was when Giselle mentioned it in her confessional in kind of almost like the most watered down way. There was no mention about her getting an abortion because a baby wasn't hers. And there was no mention about the paternity of this baby. It was just, hey, I thought that y'all were talking about this. So I'm going to say it on camera because I am the messy, you know, troubadour. She handled it right at first when she wouldn't talk about it. That was what she should have continued to do. I would have liked her to have been smart enough to keep those receipts about Pastor Holy Whore. She could have done all of that in the show. She could have had that moment. She could have gotten them back after she got everybody else on her side. That's how I think she should have played it. She didn't. I'm disappointed she didn't, but here we are. I Okay, that all makes sense. I think I still would have liked, because there is an Instagram video of Candace at least admitting to being privy to a conversation post Andy's baby shower at a dinner with people discussing it. If we could dig up footage of Chris, who was wrong, to be talking about, uh, I believe it was wanting to turn into Bruce Jenner to beat the crap out of these women. Who doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah, at first I thought he said Bruce Banner. Like I thought we were going for a Hulk thing. Um, I'm impressed you know that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, but then I got it. Yeah. Uh, If if we can, and yeah, that was shitty. He shouldn't have said it, which he owned. But if we could give that footage to the viewer, we couldn't throw a bone and show like Candace's Instagram video talking about the conversation of a plot. I agree. And that's what infuriated me. And that's where I think that bias really was apparent because what Chris said was disgusting and it was a threat of violence against these women. But 
Candace admitted, even if she said that she wasn't a part of it, she admitted what Monique has been saying this whole time, that these women teamed up with this plot and they didn't, we just gloss over that and let these women sit there and say, that never happened, that never happened, without showing us, you said that it did. Also, even if... So, okay, say Monique and Chris are like their full cue, their full blown cuties, even if they're like a little not, <laughs> they're a little not right. If they believe that there was a plot to put a story on the show that never made it to the show, that this, their child wasn't Chris's, that's one of the most hurtful and kind of insane things. I've heard lobbed at someone on the show. I thought it was odd that no one in the room could at least say that didn't happen, but I understand why you would be so upset about this. Instead, they seem to almost be pretending like that didn't happen. Why are you talking about it? Like I understood why they would be upset if they believed that that is what was happening. Am I making sense? Yeah, to me, it was crazy because it's like the switch of the, I don't even know what words to use. It was the switch of like what happened in Beverly Hills to me. Like Andy was clearly against Denise in Beverly Hills and Denise was the one saying like, that never happened. Whereas this one, he's teaming up with these women that are saying that never happened. And I don't understand the disconnect besides the physical violence, I guess. Well, then also it's like, Monique was not framing her argument as in, I'm upset that you said this. Her whole argument was, I don't want this on TV. Mm. Like she kept saying that that was like, I'm upset that y'all are bringing this to TV. I'm ups- It wasn't, I'm upset that you're talking about it. Right. It's I'm upset that you're bringing this to TV. And so if her, you know, argument was that I am so upset that you would even say this about my child, that would be fine. But we didn't get that until the reunion when Chris got there. Yeah. The whole season, she's upset that it's going to be on the show. And further, like, I honestly believe that she made up the abortion part of that rumor because she knew how she was going to look and she needed more sympathy Mm. because the rumor was the original that, that I understood it to be was that Chris was not Chase's father. Yeah. Later, we get this extra rumor that her miscarriage was actually an abortion because Chris wasn't the father. And that came out later. And it felt like you just created this out of thin air. Like nobody is saying that this was part of it. And this was either you believe it as part of your conspiracy mind or you're using it to garner more sympathy because that is a serious that that's even more serious right like you would have an abortion to kill a baby that's not your husband's it's even more serious so she was not it wasn't like y'all are talking about it's like don't put it on tv what did you all think of giselle bringing a hired bodyguard to the reunion based on uh chris's comments and a part of that the moment where he stood up and Giselle made a big deal of that. Let me tell you what I thought. Yeah, sure. Um, If Monique didn't bring the binder against Giselle, and if Giselle didn't bring this bodyguard, what can you tell me that Giselle did at this three-part reunion? 
What's memorable about Giselle at this three-part reunion besides what Monique said about her and the bodyguard? Nothing. So I think that Giselle knows she doesn't bring anything to this show. So she relies on props, two bodyguards this season, and bad costumes so that people at least have her name in their mouths and are talking about her in like blogs and tweets and whatever. Because without that, she doesn't really do much. I disagree. I feel like she dresses badly just because that's her taste. <laughs> as far as that, I do think she, you know, it was known she brought KB or whatever the bodyguard was. So she became known for that. I do think that's why she did it. I don't like that she uses this threat of violence that she perceives in a way that is, it's such a grimy way to use it. And it's clearly for attention. It, there is nothing interesting about Giselle there we've seen nothing significant about her the entire time she's been on the show there's the one thing that she had going for her was that she survived all that cheating from her husband and then she even got back with him there's literally no substance there I was very angry that she did it I wasn't surprised that she did it though and I mean that's just Giselle as Karen says she messy as hell and she just (laughs) there's nothing to her she's innocuous i don't even know it's it she's she's vapor she's and there were so many times too where i just wanted my favorite reunions are when andy will just ask everyone questions about everything they've done Mm -hmm. i just kind of wanted him to look over and be like did you think a bodyguard at the meeting with monique after the fight was completely necessary we have one today is that necessary? Like, just a question. When things just exist and Andy doesn't question it, he is, he's giving it a pass and a pass in the form of like an approval. Yeah. And when there's no question, that ma- that makes you think, well, that person, that's who his allegiance is to. I, it just felt shitty to me. I mean, he really likes us though, but I don't know why. I don't know why either. Well, Rafi, what are you? Fun to hang out with. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't really have much opinion about Giselle's props. She doesn't bring me anything, but she doesn't bother me. Oh. I think without her, I don't get any more Robin, and I really like Robin. Karen doesn't have anybody to go back and forth with, so I don't. They mind do have a real Tom and Jerry relationship. But, <laughs> um. Giselle, of course, is Tom. (laughs) But I used to really like Robin, and that's what makes me dislike her so much more now. I used to see her as that character, like, oh, I get you. Like, I, you know, you're kind of like the level head. You're like the, you know, you seem real. And and that's just not what she is. She made a deal with the devil, and she hasn't been the same. She hasn't been the same since she tried to fight um, Monique. What is she doing? Who? Robin. Robin. She's just her henchman. I think her attitude changed. Her fucking face bothered me at the reunion. <laughs> Looking she, around, it, doing nothing. I couldn't take it. Yeah. That's what it. she did all season. But like, even when she had, when she went to Giselle and said something about how they haven't seen Jamal, like, that's the kind of Robin that I like. I like Robin not shielding what she has to say to Giselle. Like, she like basically ignores everything Giselle does. Like, Giselle can start a party at her open house. I mean, start a fight at her open house. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, like, it's not a big deal. It's like, she said something, but it's like, those are the moments that I want her to have. Like, have you have to have a problem with Giselle. To know Giselle is to have a problem with her. Right. 
And I feel like she doesn't I, have enough problems with her. I like how Robin and Giselle's friendship function, because, for example, at that party where Giselle acted ass, Robin <laughs> waited to the next day to address it. And to me, that is how you should handle it in a room full of women where the temperature can change and turn on your friend so quickly. But like, she didn't she doesn't do that anywhere else, though. She didn't do that at with Ashley at Monique's party, though. Why would she do that with Ashley? But it's like, but she was still supposed to be cool with Monique, so... Mm, Giselle is her best friend. Like, these are best friends. These are ace spoons. Like, they are going to protect each other. It's like, if we're in a room full of people, you can do whatever, and I got your back. When we leave the situation away from all these people who could potentially gang up on you, then we can address it. But while we are in this room with these people, I am not going to be one of the people that's coming at you to address your behavior because you might end up with four other people doing the same exact thing. Like if people see Robin saying something to to Giselle after all these seasons of Giselle being messy, if Robin opens the door to criticize Giselle in front of these other cast members, it's a dog pile. Well, I mean, I want that. But yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I, what I, I want to see. I, I think I get you that. Do that. You know, what I mean, friend, I mean, I get that. But the, I didn't watch. This isn't Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. I don't want to <laughs> watch them be best friends. I want to watch them be housewives. I want everybody to be fair game. I don't, I don't care about their friendship. The... You think I care about their friendship? I don't care about their friendship. I, like their friendship. <laughs> I don't I mind them. the protect. I don't mind the protectiveness of each other. There are times where I see Robin <laughs> looking for permission or like what her reaction should be to Giselle. And that's when I get bothered. I hadn't Giselle didn't bother me until this year. I Same. didn't love her, but there was something stoic and like coolly comedic about her this year for me. I just got really irritated with her and I yeah. have not been a Robin fan. And I actually started being one at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think midway through, I started like tap dancing away from her. <laughs> I don't think that Robin is looking at Giselle for approval, but in a lot of breast friendships, there, there is the driver and the passenger. So sometimes like you look at each other and it's like, what's our temperature here it's not like i'm looking for your approval to have a reaction or have an emotion but it's kind of like you know we are in this together we are a team what like how how are we playing this like what are we doing because yeah real housewives is life but it's also a game and they are always self-producing and these two are producing together and so it's like okay What's our temperature here? What are we doing? Well, I need the driver to crash and the passenger to walk the rest of the way because I do want to see Robin acting on her own. And I don't think we're ever going to get that while Giselle's here. Plus, I don't want Giselle helping helping to cover up Juan's constant cheating. I want that <laughs> to come out. I want to hear about that. Quinn, you well, are so glad. I am so glad Juan Dixon isn't here. <laughs> Not as happy as Juan Dixon was to not be there. I tell you that much. <laughs> Guys, he was basketball practice. <laughs> what was going to happen if Juan Dixon was there? I don't know because I don't know what they thought that security guard was going to do towards Chris Samuels. Has they have they not seen the blind side? They cannot do anything if Chris Samuels decides to hawk out. It's like where do you, where do you find a bodyguard that's going to stop Chris Samuels? I'd like to know. I you love that, but they was like, why is he? She's looking back, like, tell him to sit down. That bodyguard didn't want to say nothing to Chris Samuels. 
I loved seeing Andy try and make small talk with everyone. <sighs> and then Chris just couldn't do it. He was like, I was too busy listening to this mess. And I loved it. It was Chris so was good. Like, if you don't shut your gay ass up. It was. Yeah. Fun. Andy did not watch that Michael Jordan documentary. He did not. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about uh, Potomac's um, Helen Sharp and Madeline Ashton. I loved seeing Karen not ask for permission to kind of end the reunion and go around the room, but just take the opportunity when she had it. And Giselle fucking hated it. And I loved watching her hate mm-hmm. it. That's that's what makes a star. Like someone who takes the moment and Giselle couldn't handle it. I don't know if I have a question here, but anyone's thoughts? Yeah, I think, yeah I think Giselle knows that so many people liked Monique. And I think Giselle knows that so many people like Karen. And that's why she didn't like either of them. Because in season one, she started as like the face of Potomac. And slowly we've moved away from that where she is now the the Rinna of Potomac <laughs> and people don't like her. So you can yeah. be in your little chat room all you want, but the fans don't like you. They don't. Like the 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 hate that's shown towards her on Twitter is overwhelming. <laughs> like and it's like not even just black women. It's like I see women of all races coming together to dunk on her. It's it's truly something to see. Yeah, Quinn's most popular tweets are the ones when he talks shit about Giselle. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh <laughs> or Robin, both of them. <laughs> Rafi is not liking those tweets. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen not for everything. <laughs> not, not everything is for everybody. <laughs> Where does Potomac go next year? I'm assuming everyone is coming back except Monique. Right. Oh, when you were talking about that earlier... I was looking on Candace's Instagram. She's gone too. No. She just posted it a couple hours ago. She said the library is closed. Thank you to my fans. Like she did the whole goodbye post thing on Instagram. That is great news. Wait, wait, wait. wait I know wait, it's not. Wait, hold I know on, it's I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. It's wait, not New Year's, but can we can I kiss somebody? I thought she said kidding? temporarily closed. Well, it's the same kind of non-committal exit yeah. that Monique did. It's like I have laid the groundwork to quit, uh huh. But I didn't say I quit, so if I show up, you can't say that I quit. Okay, yeah. How's she gonna wait, pay for I, that house? She can't quit. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm looking this up in real time. Hold on. And wait, and during the pandemic, who did Chris sell that restaurant to? I was curious about that as well. Real time fact checking, folks. Look at our hashtags. Read the hashtags. Hashtag next chapter. Hashtag moving forward. Hashtag onward and upward. Hashtag I love my supporters. Hashtag the library is closed. Hashtag for now. Hashtag Candace Dillard. Hashtag. That's enough. <laughs> but then, um, hashtag RHOP Bravo TV. Wait. That's a wrap. The library is closed, honey, until further notice. What is this? Is is she gone? I don't know. Well, She'll either be. show up next year. Or the reunion is closed. I'm just saying the reunion is over. Yeah. Or like or now that Monique. Leave it, just like Monique. Yeah. Right. Mm. I would love if Candace was gone. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless she does something to piss off her allies next season and then Giselle and Robin and Wendy are mad at her, and Ashley and Karen aren't there to 
If if next season is a Candace pile on, I'm happy. It's See, I don't even need that. I just need more equal numbers. If we can get Candace, Ashley, and Karen versus Giselle, Robin, and Wendy, I'll be fine with that. But like six against one or whatever it was, five against two, wasn't cutting it for me. Rafi, do you like Candace? Um, I wanted both of them to stay, Monique and Candace, or both of them to go. I don't want to see Monique next year without Candace. And I don't want Candace to be there without Monique. I agree. Because I feel like they both should be gone. But if you're going to keep one, you got to keep them both. Mm-hmm. And I am not a fan of Candace, the person, but I have been team Candace this entire season. And I continue to be team Candace after the reunion. Because Monique showed who she is. To me, she showed me who she is, which is a paranoid QAnon quack with no remorse. So I don't really need anything from her. And Candace mm-hmm. is just, she's just Candace. She talks too much and she's, and she's dirty. She makes better TV to me than Monique does. But it, I, I don't mind if she's not there. I think at her best, I think Monique is better TV. At her best. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think because I'm trying to think of like iconic Monique moments versus iconic Candace moments. But I still, no matter who comes out on top, I still just dislike Candace. <laughs> I and like I don't have to I don't have to like a housewife to want her on the show. Mm. Like I hate Kenya. But I would riot if she got fired from Atlanta. I love Kenya. I love Kenya, too. Oh, no. Kenya is delusional. She's a liar. (laughs) That's still true. Yeah. (laughs) See, Donnie, go on. I don't think there's a single housewife who's not delusional. No, and that's what Kenya... (laughs) Candy's not delusional? That's true. But I think Candy doesn't really deliver a lot of moments. I think you're either one or the other. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I said um, it. Let's make sure everybody knows that when we when I say candy, I mean candy burrs. Right. Oh, we know. There's candy, only one candy. candy. Okay. Because, because <laughs> I don't care what her little screen name moments. is. There's only one candy. Right. <laughs> right. Candy has lots of iconic moments. Candy gal. You think? No, don't confuse them. No, no, no. <laughs> um, candy Burris, you think, has a lot of big moments? Yes. <laughs> I like name, how you nodded like anybody let's, can. Let's hear them. Yeah, name let's five. This is this is a podcast, Rafi. Let's hear them. Uh, name five. Okay, I will drag you in this bitch. Okay. I will. Yes, that's one. That's <laughs> I think Monique stole that. <laughs> um, her very more. first season with Nini, her very first fight. I'm gonna walk away right now. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, I got one. I got one. We see everything each other. she did with Kim Zolset. <laughs> we see each other. That's one. Look, okay, see, we already have four. I, well, I asked for five and Quinn gave you one. <laughs> okay, but I wasn't finished. She just cut me off. <laughs> I know you were going to say that. You had that had uh, to be in the repertoire. Yeah, it was. And then, like, her whole lesbian sex dungeon storyline. That's not iconic. This is bisexual black women on TV <laughs> talking about rape. Okay. And oh, her mother. So I'll give it to you. <laughs> I like her in my head. I love Candy, and she is one of my favorite housewives. However, I 
I don't think that her moments are as strong as Candace's moments. And I hate Candace, but I think that you can deliver these big moments and not, and either people will root for you. Like I, Kenya is a demon, but, but I still root for her. Whereas Candace, I, I want her gone. I don't want her on my screen, even though she's bringing these big moments throughout all of her seasons, but she's bringing these moments and these quotes and these whatever knives to dinner parties. And it just makes me angry in my soul. <laughs> but it's kind of like, um, I mean, if, if Candy is still in the conversation, always it's moments versus <laughs> plot. Okay. Candy is always bringing the plot. You're right. To Atlanta. So she doesn't need a huge moment because the show won't work without her. Yeah. <laughs> and then for Candace, she has moments, but she also is bringing plot because she's so messy yeah. and she's so polarizing. And she also has toxic mom story and she has, I have no money story mm-hmm. and she may be bringing fertility story. Like Can- Candace has things to bring to the table, whether you like her or not, that okay. she makes better TV than Monique has. I just because don't think Monique. Go ahead. Sorry. Wrong answer for him. Oh, no. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying, like Monique, I love Monique as a person. She was my favorite housewife, you know, before mm-hmm. the QAnon paranoia. <laughs> but she wasn't really bringing a whole she lot. She brought of a plot. bird. She brought a bird that she trained. <laughs> she brought a bird this season on her worst season. Yeah. No, listen, I agree. <laughs> I agree that people like Candace are necessary for the show, but I also think even if you don't bring these moments or these plots, I think that there needs to be someone to root for. And we had Karen, but it's nice to have someone else. I don't really root for Karen, though. I, I love Karen, but I don't root for oh, her. Oh, that's true. Like, she just, oh, Karen's going to rise root- to the top always. And I'm just, she's going to. It's not even a question for me. Karen going to be yeah, all right. I, yeah. I, I trust that Karen will always be all right. And I always root for her. Like, when she was yelling at can <laughs> i mean it was candace when she was yelling at candace last night i loved it i loved it right but in a route for like if she divorces right and like rises to the top like the beyonce of potomac or if she stays with ray and makes her marriage work i would be happy with either situation where like if candy Dang. got a divorce i would be like oh that's a shame candy burris not candy gal <laughs> yeah if if candy burris got a divorce i would be crushed yeah like i'm rooting for candy i agree <laughs> like, i'm always rooting for candy <laughs> this is candy land the show and they're still together <laughs> <laughs> not candy land yeah, I um, this, let's i'm curious rafi rafi if you had to choose your Mount Rushmore of housewives Four housewives who for you built what this franchise is. Who would those four be? Candy Burris. <laughs> no, actually I wouldn't put her on Mount Rushmore for building what it is. I mean, she could be your like Lincoln. She Monument. can. Yeah. Yeah. She could be in the other candy I, memorial. I feel like there are housewives that I think are better housewives than the ones who are legendary and iconic and made people watch the show. Yeah. Like the, the ones that made people watch the show are Teresa, 
Nini, um, Vicky or Tamara, and I don't know who the other one, probably Lisa Vanderpump, but I think they're better housewives. Like everybody Candy has is pretty much the an same. iconic housewife yeah. for me. It would be Candy, Sonia, Bethany, and probably Portia. Mm. I love me some Portia. To Atlanta, to New York. The only two that really matter. <laughs> I, I thought Potomac was your favorite. They're too new to have like iconic people who you're the best housewife of all time. Got I would it, give yeah. Karen okay. a monument in DC though. Karen has been popping for two and a half seasons. Oh. <laughs> like right. Karen was just the oldest Vanessa Williams in the cast. But she wasn't like you know, the no, right. Vanessa Williams in the cast. This, this is this is just feeling like an attack now. This is oh boy. I'm, I, I'm just this, saying, I love Karen and uh, all of her forehead. Oh, oh see, that now, is covered up. This is this is this is the kind of stuff that made Monique fight. This is <laughs> this is how it happens. This is you took me. Somebody said something about my father's forehead, and you just took me back there. Drag me, Quinn. Drag me. And now, why is Quinn standing up? Why is Quinn standing up? <laughs> security. <laughs> I'm bigger. I'm bigger than most security guards too. <laughs> wow! 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 Okay, I think we about did it. And <laughs> I don't know what we did, but I think we did it. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts about anything either that we discussed or housewives related before we go? Are we excited for Dallas next week? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean. I, I, I know that it's going to be a, a, a whole season full of foolishness. And I'm not, I, I know we're not supposed to like Brandy Redman. I know that Brandy Redman is problematic, but Brandy Redman in the trailers for Dallas is usually <laughs> what makes me want to watch it. Like she is that redheaded, <laughs> the redhead crazy woman. <laughs> I love that crazy redheaded woman. I know she's, I know she's problematic. I hope she gets held accountable for it. But yes, I'm looking forward to all the foolishness that's going to happen on Dallas. Without Leanne Lockett and, and Stephanie, <laughs> Brandy and Stephanie are the Lucy and Ethel of Housewives. That's a friendship I like. I like that friendship. It's a little codependent, but I still like it. Brandy and Stephanie are the Lucy and Ethel of Housewives. Is that because yeah, Brandy got a redhead? loud redhead and a quiet blonde <laughs> <laughs> getting Ethel into mayhem? Quiet, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. She was quiet compared to Lucy. Okay. Well, let me say my final <laughs> thought because you're you're about done with yours. <laughs> Since we're talking about Dallas, let me just tie it in quick. I forget what account on Instagram I was on, but somebody had a post about like, do you think Andy was biased? Blah, 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 about the reunion with um, Monique. And Leanne Locken came in the comments and said, what else is new? <laughs> so I loved that little moment. Yeah. I would love to I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. My final thought <laughs> is that Monique will be missed. She made good TV. Sit down and don't catch a case, girl. You're a live wire. <laughs> Rafi, any non-Dallas final thoughts? Something non forehead comments to put on this. I would like to say that we didn't mention uh Whitney Rose today, but I love Whitney Rose. <laughs> and she is the queen of Salt Lake City. <laughs> And I am excited for her to be center snowflake in season two. All right. Turn this off. Turn this off. <laughs> Whitney Rose is the I Dream of Genie of Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs>
I never watched that show. <laughs> oh. No, he's saying because you said Brandy and Stephanie were the Lucy and Ethel of Dallas. Just yeah, like that's what night. that's what we call yeah. a throwback in the podcasting world. Turn this off. Turn this <laughs> off. <laughs> but before we go, Rafi, tell uh, tell everyone where they can read your writing and uh, where they can find you on your socials. Should you want to be found? Yeah, you can find me at so let's talk about dot com. And all my socials are up there, but I'm Rafi D'Angelo everywhere on the internet. Go go read his writing and particularly about um, his Christmas, which was unfortunate. Uh, oh, I mean, can I say that? Yeah. I mean, just go read. Um, okay. Okay. And also, as we look toward a new year, remember, next year might not be any better, but it will certainly be new. So uh, please know that. And if you are celebrating (laughs) New Year's Eve, um, please do so safely and responsibly. Uh, Thank you for listening. Continue to listen and subscribe for free to know that a Real Housewives podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Um, If you would like to support this show, be sure to visit buymeacoffee.com slash knowthatpod. Uh, Be sure to follow Know That, a Real Housewives podcast on Instagram and Twitter at knowthatpod. And should you be so inclined, you can follow me at anthony f casella on instagram you can follow me at quentin lamar on twitter and you can follow me donnie at real Donniewood on twitter and instagram and you can follow all of us into 2021 when you'll hear from us next follow know that a real housewives podcast on apple spotify or wherever you get your show bye, bye.